0: Hi, it's me again. This is the second episode with the great composer Paul Cartes, and now we have reached the year 1991. As usual, my name is Emma Löfström, and we still have a lot to discuss. Roll the jingle. Hereafter in 1991, you made a new try in a song for Europe and the artist this time was Samantha Janus.
1: Oh, yes.
0: (laughs) What can you tell us about this composition?
1: First of all, it started out a letter to your heart. Okay. But as I finished the song, it became a message to your heart. And I liked that song. I thought it was really strong and it it had a message to it too uh, as well. And the follow uh following year it was picked up by UNICEF, it was their theme tune for uh, I think it lasted two years. yeah. I recorded this song initially with a girl, another girl singer from Brighton. I think she was from Brighton. Very nice lady. She'd been on TV a few times. people liked her, you know and a good voice. very good voice.
0: yeah. You don't have the recordings with the girl from Brighton.:
1: I might have on a cassette somewhere. I'll look for you.
0: Yeah, and if you have it, if you find it, here it comes.
1: she wasn't beautiful uh, I know that sounds cruel but my then kind of manager Tony Calder who uh, you may not have heard of Tony Calder but he was special PR guy for the Beatles and uh, he, he he was asked to run record companies by everybody but he never did but he was a very well-connected guy worldwide and this guy t- Tony Calder He really loved me. He thought my music was terrific. Anyway, when I presented the girl to him, he said, I can't sell that, because he was that kind of guy. He's totally open. He said, you'll have to find someone else. I can't do a deal for you on that. She's great voice, but she doesn't look right. So then I phoned my friend Chrissy Wickham, one of Britain's best choreographers and friend. I said, do you know any girls that might be interested in doing this song? She said there is one. She's an actress. She uh, goes to theatre school. Her name's Samantha. Samantha Janus. So I went to the theatre school and uh, met her, and she was very beautiful. And uh, I played her the song. I said, can, "Can you handle that? Can you sing?" Blah blah blah. She said, "I'd love to. I love it. I love the song. I, I want to do it." So I set up a, a date about a week later in the studio to try her voice out. She came, but she said she had a sore throat. She w- wouldn't be able to sing. Tony Calder to saw her and said, I can sell that. She'll do. So I said okay. So I took her into the studio, big studio and did a master with her.
2: A message to your heart, it's all right. Say a little prayer and sleep. message to your heart, it's all right Say a little prayer, sleep tonight you Oh, message to your by Do the voice of conscience
1: Now we got through that, that when she was fine she was absolutely fine. And I got two other girls to do the backing vocals, uh, three other girls rather, who were all very pretty and very keen, worked hard, uh, professional. So we put it all together and then Chrissy choreographed it, Chrissy Wickham choreographed it for TV. And she was absolutely perfect on Song for Europe. I thought, wow, performance was absolutely, you know, superb. I took the song, uh, Tony then, and uh, Tony Calder then gave me a deal. It was with uh, Disney Records. It was a one-off. If it won, they'd go under. If it, if, if it didn't win, if, it's all been forgotten. So that was a kind of deal. And uh, so we did that. They rehearsed it. Everything was fine. I was pleased because Song for Europe had gone perfectly. Her performance was stunning. And then she did Top of the Pops, of course, and a load of TV and radio stuff. And then we got to...
0: Travel to Rome.
1: To Rome. Now, by this time, her mother had got involved. A nasty, nasty person, as far as I'm concerned. And she went and got a lawyer, uh, who then started giving me a hard time. Why? Well, she wanted this, she wanted that, and uh, she wanted Samantha to do... Certain things, and she wouldn't do, and blah 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 blah. And I'd given her a shot, a new career. And this was her. I'm giving her a career here, but uh, there, were, there was bad feeling suddenly between us. Uh, not not me, but uh, with her mother. Anyway, in
0: Rome but, or before Rome?
1: Before now. Oh, okay. At, at Gatwick Airport, we we, we all met. Uh, I think it was about half past seven in the morning. And sunday morning where we're going to fly to rome now samantha turned up with her mother and her boyfriend who was a stripper right mm-hmm. italian boyfriend mm-hmm. and uh, she didn't speak to me uh didn't speak to the other girls the mother just walked, and samantha
0: okay mm-hmm.
1: they just passed by i got in another queue and didn't even say hello so the rot was setting in already and uh, anyway, we fly there, we go to Rome, we check in, blah, 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 blah. I do an interview with Samantha, and she's turning up at rehearsals with a sore throat. Now, I found out why, because she was going out clubbing every night with her stripper boyfriend in Rome. And uh, it was bad feeling. There was bad feeling then, all the, we- all the week, Samantha was going out when everyone was going to bed. Anyway, the day came... Uh, to, to do the final rehearsal the vocal rehearsal and when samantha got on the stage she said it sounds funny and she was singing out of tune something to do with the monitors on the stage so i said give me the mic and i told the orchestra to start playing and i sang it and i said well there's absolutely nothing wrong with the sound it's perfect she said okay and then the guy the sound guy now i, I just better mention to you that this was at Chinichita Studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The film studios. Yeah. And it was like, they had a studio underground, a 48-track studio with more gadgets than NASA. <laughs> yeah. Really. It was absolutely phenomenal. And the head sound guy came to me and said, she has no voice, Paul. I'm, I'm lifting the volume up so she can be heard properly. She's holding back. And he said, I can't do that on the night. She's, I've got to do the same for everybody. I said, do what you have to do. I told Samantha, and we tried the song again, and she, she was a little better, blah, 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 blah. But she'd lost her focus, Emil. This yeah. is what happened. Yeah. Well, after she's clubbing every night. She's got a sore throat. She's lost her focus on the song. One night, she went out and got engaged to this stripper guy, and she was partying all week. And when it came to the night, she'd lost her focus completely. And she sang out of tune all the way through the song. It was absolutely awful and embarrassing. But, it, I, you know, I, I could see it coming. Halfway through the week, I, I thought, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. That perfect performance on Song for Europe was, you know, if she can do that again, we got a shot to win. We could win it, or at least top three. Uh, but uh, she she sang out of tune, the whole thing. The whole thing was absolutely
0: do you still regret that you didn't take the girl from Brighton?
1: Well, life's wonderful in retrospect, isn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it is. Uh, you know, could I do this if I'd done that? You know, how far back should I go? Uh, I made the right choice at the right time, but I, I couldn't control her. Her mother controlled her. And that's where it all went wrong, because then she was going out every You can't go out partying every night when you're on Eurovision. You can't do it. You'll lose that focus, and she lost that focus. I went out shopping with her and the girls and bought them clothes to wear on Song for Europe. So we were tight then. We were working as a team, but that team spirit went the moment we got to Gatwick. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. And it was awful. But Rome, I enjoyed it. It was beautiful.
0: I've talked to several artists from this year and composers, and they all say that everything in Rome was chaos.
1: Chaos? Yeah. I didn't feel that way. I thought the, uh, well, I could I could pick holes and say the guitars weren't loud enough or this wasn't loud enough. But in all in all, they put on a good show. I thought the stage was terrific. Uh, everyone was kind of enjoying the idea of being there. It was a wonderful place to be, uh, surrounded by artists with real talent and songs. It was all a, a musical week in a magical city, you yeah, know. Yeah. And uh, that's that was my feeling. I was proud and pleasure. It was a pleasure to be there uh, in this great place where Clint Eastwood made all those films. And Rome itself, I was going out drinking cappuccino and having spaghetti as many times as I could a day, you know.
0: Uh, Kit Rolfe, without the devotions, joined you in the team as a backup singer for Samantha Dennis.
1: Yes, Kit and Hazel Dean. Yes. I asked them both if they'd like to do it, and they said yes. So I said, you, you won't be in camera, blah, 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 blah. So they said, fine. It's a week away in Rome. They love the idea of it, and I, I trusted them both. They're both fabulous singers. Kit, Kit and Hazel together, were you, you don't get better than that. What I should have done is ask Kit or, or Hazel, to sing the song halfway through the week when I had uh, missed doubts about it.
0: The beauty, Samantha, earned 47 points and got 10th place, tied with Ireland. And this became your lowest placing
1: in the contest to
0: date. Were you disappointed?
1: I was devastated. I thought the song deserved to be at least in the top three. That was my feeling. I really thought that was a great song and it should have been in the top three or four maximum. You know.
0: Four participation and never a worse result than 10th. I think it's really impressive. Do you? Yeah, it's better than some entire countries. And I will not mention them here, especially not San Marino. Well, what did you think of the song? Uh, a Message to Your Heart? Yeah. I think it's a good song, but not a good singer on stage. No. That's a problem. The year after it was decided that a musical singer and actor, Michael Ball, would present all the competing songs in the pre-selection. Yeah. How many songs did you submit to this pre-selection? One. This is the moment I've been waiting for.
1: Yeah, I recorded it with Jackie Graham. Okay. Fantastic singer. Um, But she went off to America to tour with Michael McDonald. So I I had that song and I thought, okay, I'll put it in Europe. It's a great great ballad. Why not? But Michael Bull refused to sing it. What? He refused to sing it.
0: Your song? You mean you, he, he never recorded it?
1: No, he, he didn't want to perform it on Song for Europe. Why? Well, it's a girl's song, really. That's why. Anyway, it went from bad to bad. I then phoned the Music Publishers Association and the BBC, and I said, this is not the Michael Ball show. This is Song for Europe. It's about songs. Anyway, the MPA st- st- uh, steamed in and made him change his mind, so forced him to do it. But... Uh, but,
0: but, okay, so you just submitted a song and they later changed that he would sing them all.
1: Well, he refused to sing it, uh, and I challenged that. I said, You can't refuse to sing it. It's not the Michael Ball show.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you said before that it was a girl song.
1: Uh, I, yeah, I, I recorded it with Jackie Graham. Yeah, yeah, but but a but guy can still sing it. Yeah, you know. that's
0: why I'm asking. Okay.
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah. no, the lyrics, the lyrics uh, work either way.
0: Yeah, because I didn't find anything in the lyric.
1: Okay. No, yeah. no. So uh, BBC told him he had to do it. So when he went on stage, the lighting was rubbish, the sound wasn't very good, and he was on first. You don't start "Song for Europe" with a ballad, no. Well, they did, and that's why it didn't win. He, he didn't have his heart in it. He recorded afterwards. He recorded all the songs except mine. He refused to record it.
0: So there's no studio version of this song.
1: No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do it. He refused.
0: Do you still have the studio version with the female
1: singer, Jackie Graham?
0: Jackie Graham.
1: Yeah, I'll send it to you.
0: And I can play it here. Yeah, here it comes. Eight competing songs, the song ended fifth, and Michael went to Sweden with the composition One Step Out of Time and came yeah. second after Linda Martin. Yes. Um, what did you think about that song?
1: It was okay, not great. Why?
0: Do you believe that United Kingdom during several years... I mean, they came second or in the top during several years. Do you believe it was just because it was United Kingdom and they sang in English?
1: No, I don't think so. No? I think, no, Ireland did it too. I mean, no, I think uh, the, song, the, the people know what they're listening to. People in all over Europe buy records by people from America or from the UK or Ireland and they're in English, you know, it doesn't make any difference.
0: This was the last time we heard a song from you in the pre-selection in the United Kingdom. How come?
1: I did enter one. I got involved in writing a musical.
0: Yeah, in 94.
1: Yeah, about Grace Kelly. I found um, a financier in Belgium, and uh, I finished the, the musical, I recorded it all, and i did a deal with him for the publishing and and etc uh but we fell out in the end i can't remember exactly why but we did and uh i never heard from him again okay then i decided to write my own musical myself and not give it to anybody uh so i started on a musical called margot uh i toyed with it here and there for a little while uh at the same time, I got an idea to write a book. So I wrote a book, I, I finished the book, and then I finished the musical, but it took me a long time. Yeah. Um, I did enter a song called Now I Dance Alone. I think it was about 1994.
0: And that was the year when Francis Rafael sang all the songs.
1: Yeah, I think so. But I, I can't remember. My song didn't get in
0: now in ninety three Sonia sang all the songs,
1: yes, she did
0: so it wasn't ninety three
1: no no i uh, I think it was ninety four yeah, it may have been ninety three I can't remember, but it didn't get in. No.
0: Have you submitted anything more since '94?
1: I have. I think I entered one in when was that? 1999, 2000, one of those years. Yeah. The song called "Angels Don't Cry." Okay. Great song, but it didn't get in.
0: What happened to that song? Nothing. Has it been recorded?
1: Uh, yes, I had one recording of it. Uh, I, I've got the original that I did with a girl singer. I'll Who, send it to you.
0: can we play it?
1: Yes. Who sang it? Can't remember a name. It was uh, I booked a studio in London I'd never been to before, and they supplied the singer for me. Yeah, and she was fantastic.
0: To any other countries, or have you sent some songs abroad? You mentioned here before that you have worked with Ralph
1: Siegel. Yeah. Uh, well, I did. I've got a French singer. Her name is Jessica Martinez. Uh, and uh, 2018, I recorded some songs with her, and I entered that into 219's French Eurovision, a ballad. Yeah. But it didn't get in. Okay. It didn't make it, and they had a horrible song that year uh 219 it, the french song was absolute crap another it's but i'm shining bright i can't see my
2: kingdom now quand je rêve je suis un roi quand je rêve je
1: another it's but i'm shining bright my song should have been there and won it <laughs> and it was in french your song yeah yeah I, I recorded it in french with the french singer jessica um i went to papillon and recorded it uh, she did three songs of mine and i got two more to do with her uh, later this year but they didn't they, they i think they i think they contacted jessica and said we loved your song but it wasn't quite right for us we've picked another one and when i saw what they picked it was absolute. they obviously didn't want to win because it was awful.
0: What happened with your song?
1: Uh, nothing.
2: Parfois, je reste veillé. Je te regarde, à mes côtés. Etre, quelque part, dans tes rêves. Ton cœur, si près du mien. Partage la joie de t'aimer. C'est tout ce que je veux désormais. Tu ne peux pas imaginer amour que j'ai
1: considered sending it to Celine Dion but um, it needs uh, I need to do a, a different version of it to do that but I'm still recording with Jessica so I'm writing for her so I'm, I'll be back in the studio with her later this year and I'll make a decision then
0: And we are now going to get an exclusive preview of his new songs with Jessica Martinez that are still not finished. The name of them in order is Cry No More and I Care About You
2: The first let
0: to your revision today?
1: Well, you really want to know? Yes. I ended a song this year and uh, I sent it to BMG Records.
0: Was this the first time you sent a song since 2000 then?
1: Yeah. you got to remember that throughout all that time I was, I was doing other things. I'd written a musical that's got 29 songs in it, a whole long script and I had to hire actors to do all the vocals and the talking. So I've recorded a musical that lasts 2 hours. It took me years to write. And I also finished a novel called pocketmoney.com, which I think is about to be published.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: So all all those it takes a long time to do those kind not like songs where I can write a song in 10 minutes. You can't do that with a novel uh, with 550 pages and you can't do it with uh, a musical that's very complex to do, you know. Yeah, A lot of different songs and musics and uh, story. Uh, it takes a long time. Well, for me, it does anyway. Anyway, this year, I thought I'd enter a song, a really, really great song. But uh, first of all, I had a so- I have a song which I sent to BMG to ask them to pass it on to Kylie Minogue. The reply from BMG I got was, we have enough writers, we don't need any more. Okay. What do you think of that?
0: It's kind of rude.
1: Yeah. So I then said, I'd l- I went back to them, I phoned them up, and, uh, which was difficult because not many of them in the offices anymore at the moment. But I spoke to someone and I said, I want to enter Eurovision. And they said, we handle Eurovision uh, solely. BBC gave us Eurovision Song Contest, uh, the, uh, Song for Europe. So we look after it. We're only using our own writers. No one else can write the songs, only the songwriters in BMG Records. Mm. And I said, what? Okay. After all these years, no. So I, I've phoned the uh, Music Publishers Association and I wrote to the Director General of the BBC <laughs> saying, this is outrageous, you can't do that. You've handed them Song for Europe and closed the door to all writers in this country. I got a letter back from BBC saying we passed on your song to BMG. They were happy to receive it, Uh, blah, 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 blah. And we wish you luck with your work next year. And it's one of the best songs I've ever written.
0: United Kingdom decided to send James Newman this year. Yeah. Do you think your song would have fit him?
1: No. No.
0: Who do you want to, to sing your song
1: well, I've now sent it to um, Paloma Faith. Yeah. Um,
0: well, then it not reach Eurovision, I guess.
1: No, no, it won't reach Eurovision anymore. I mean, because the door is closed, Emil. They've closed the door. There are no, no writers are allowed to write songs unless you're signed to BMG.
0: But next year?
1: Same, every year. The BBC gave them Song for Europe, exclusively but so you, no other writers can write songs except the ones who are signed to BMG. There's something wrong with that, isn't there?
0: I, I'm, I'm guessing loudly, and I f- believe it maybe is because UK don't score well in the contest at all nowadays. Because you struggle to find artists. You struggle to find composers who want to, to write for Eurovision. Uh, maybe that's an answer?
1: No. No, uh, what they're doing at BMG is that they're, they're they're using songs like you would see on X Factor, you know, or the or the Voice. It's
0: very yeah, typical it, right now in Europe to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, but it's it's not the way to win Eurovision. It's a different entity. Eurovision is, and it just you can't go left field or right field. You need to be either very funny, very clever beautiful ballad or a dance track but you see what i'm trying to say is they've closed the door to all writers in the uk including me that love eurovision and would, would like to compete but they can't so they're using all the writers they have at bng is are the ones who will write song for europe song forever that's that's wrong to me that goes against the charter of eurovision it should be anybody should be allowed to enter
0: Wikipedia claims you are the composer of the songs uh, Just For You with High Society and Everybody Knows with Biano. Uh, both participated in A Song For Europe, but you didn't compose those songs, right?
1: No, I didn't. 77. Yeah. 77 rings a bell, but I can't remember. Maybe I didn't have a song in that year.
0: No, you didn't have any songs in
1: 1977. No, those two songs don't ring a bell for me. During nearly all
0: these years you participated in A Song for Europe, it was hosted by Sir Terry Wogan.
1: Yeah. What are your memories of him? He was a wonderful guy, very tactile, always gave me a big hug, shook my hand, and said, oh, you're back, well done, He's blah, 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 blah. He, he, was, um, he liked me, he liked my songs, he congratulated me on, on, on doing well. He did play Eurovision down a bit on TV, you know. It it makes slight bad remarks about Eurovision.
0: You mean when he was commentating?
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, on on TV. Yeah, when he was talking, he might say things like, um, "I just want to make it clear that my feelings about Eurovision is uh, about as interesting as the Dark Owl Society." <laughs> okay. You know, that's yeah. he, that's the kind of thing he would say. Yeah. Just. Just because people criticised him, but on off camera he came, he would come to me and say, "Well done, I love your song, I love Eurovision, I like being here, all that." You know, he was a great guy.
0: Besides your own composition, which song from United Kingdom do you think is the best one that had competed in Eurovision?
1: Wow, that's difficult.
0: If I change the question, which song do you wish you have written yourself? <laughs> You must have some favourites.
1: Waterloo would have been a good one. Waterloo?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but that was Sweden.
1: Yeah, I know. Great song. (laughs) Great. But don't we
0: all want to be Björn and
1: Benny? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) No, I think, uh, although I wouldn't have written it, I think Save Your Kisses for Me was a big song. Kisses
2: for me, save all your kisses for me.
1: Anymore. Well, we haven't done well for a long time, have we? What about "Love Shine a Light"? Yeah, I, that that didn't kill me. That song, it, I didn't think it was great. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad Miriam was in was was there, and and of course the artist was terrific, but the song didn't doesn't move me. I try to write songs that move people, you know. That one didn't move me. It won, but it didn't move me. I didn't say, "Oh, I love this song." Oh! One because it was Katrina and the Waves well Katrina is a great singer yeah um but uh no I think there are many factors involved here because in Eurovision it depends how many other good songs there are if there aren't that many good songs then songs like that have a chance of winning or the some of the good songs get overlooked maybe for political reasons maybe for uh, I don't know they they choose to vote for someone else um Honestly, Emil, I I think anyone who goes in for Eurovision and gets to the final deserves to be there and should enjoy it because it may never happen again. That's all I can say, really. I love Eurovision, like you do. I know you do. You're passionate about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, I love the idea. I love the way it's done. I don't like the politics of it sometimes. You know, and people refuse to vote for each other, or it's just only vote for their neighbours. I don't like that, but uh, I like an open playing field. I, I it's a wonderful institution, and as I say I've been lucky enough to be there four times, and I've loved it every single moment. And when I'm there, I I go in the into the hall every single day, listen to all the orchestras and the, the, the whatever. It's backing tracks now, unfortunately. But um, live orchestra were terrific. But um, it's changed. I think it's changed. It's gone kind of X Factor-ish. And I don't like that. I, I think it's ruining it. I really do. They're saying to the artists or the record companies or the management are saying, you know, we need a song like that would win X Factor. That's the way to win Eurovision. And it's not. It's not the way to win Eurovision. The way to win Eurovision is be passionate, write an honest song that you think will move people that, that, that certain artists can perform brilliantly, and that's it. There is no other thing. You don't bring X Factor into it or the voice. You know, I think it's down to the song and the artist. But and what the would you say?
0: But what would you say is the difference between X Factor and Eurovision besides thunder and lightning?
1: X Factor promotes high notes. You know, when they hit a high note, everyone applauds. It's, clauses yeah. you know the clap uh that's not that's not uh, eurovision it, uh, they have to take a song in context with the artist the artist delivers a song not just because it has high notes people don't clap for that they clap because of the three minutes of music that have moved them yeah. you know and uh they don't need to worry about scoring points on high notes what was the one that one year that there was one I loved do 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 got high notes it was a guy dressed as a woman and he was unshaved.
0: Rise like a phoenix where
1: very very clever song that was i thought it was terrific
0: yeah from the fading light
2: of life. Oh.
1: my other favorite was uh oh, what's her name she was kind of moving about in the shadows on her own and she sang this fantastic song and it won Oh ah, loreen euphoria loreen that one was a killer yeah she was fantastic you- Those two to me were absolutely, not. that's not X Factor, that was Eurovision. Do you see the difference? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I just wanted you to say what you meant.
1: Great. Yeah, that's, it's quality. That was quality. Those two songs, Lorreen had a big hit with that song and Rise of the Fe- Rising of the Phoenix. That was a big hit. There's two classics. That's not the X Factor. That is Eurovision and a great song. You must agree with that.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Paul. Yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, I think BMG are uh, uh, releasing this kind of X-Factor kind of sound, music, hoping it's right, and, they're, uh, and it's not. You can tell I'm very passionate about Eurovision, and I always will be, and I'll, always, I'll try and keep entering if I can, You know, even if it's France or Germany or somewhere else.
0: We're looking forward to hear your new songs then.
1: Yeah. If my song got in this year, I think it could have won.
0: And now you're talking about the song that you sent to Kayleigh Mano.
1: No, I'm talking about another one. That you sent to. Yeah, Paloma Faith. Paloma Faith. I've sent it to her, yeah.
0: But what happened with the song to Kayleigh Mano then? Or or, or better, what will happen to that song?
1: Nothing, because I'm not with BMG, so they won't pass it on.
0: But can't you present it to another singer or another country? Yes,
1: yes, yes, I'm doing that.
0: Thank you so much for this long and nice chat, Paul.
1: Me too, I'm, I've enjoyed it. I haven't done one of these for a long, long time, these interviews, and uh, I've enjoyed it.
0: And thanks to you, our listeners out there in the world. I hope you enjoyed this chat with me and Mr. Paul Carter. And if you did, share this episode with your friends on your social medias. Subscribe to the podcast, like and write a review and tell everyone you know about Eurovision Legends. You find us on Facebook and Instagram and all information's on the website eurovisionlegends.se. Paul, which song of yours shall we end this episode with, you think?
1: I think this is the moment I've been waiting for because it's real quality and destined to be a hit at some point. With with an artist, Jackie Graham did a wonderful job on the at the vocal. That's the one.
0: And now we are talking about the song that Michael Ball sang in nineteen ninety two. Yes. Super. Thank you. Thank you so much.